Maybe midnight or midday Never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed Lived enough life to say I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray in Jesus' name It may be midnight or midday It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed I lived enough life to say Help is on the way Round in the corner Help is on the way Coming for you Help is on the way Yeah, yeah I lived enough life Hello, this is Pastor Tiny Mule, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. It has been an awesome week starting off thus far. I've had a little bit of a lot over the weekend, so I am just now catching up, so please forgive me. But it has been uh, a really interesting weekend. It started with Friday, having a celebration for my sixth grader, that minuet and also Salmi will be going to first grade along with my oldest going to her junior year in high school. And I wanted to let you know that throughout everything, I'm grateful, I'm thankful that God is being able to not send us backwards, but go forwards in him. Amen. Now let's get into this. I wanted to go and I asked God pretty much he got me up at two or three, which is a lot sometimes, but isn't it like that's the way that God postures us? You know, sometimes he gets us up when it's two or three in the morning and everyone's asleep and he just wants to talk to you and you alone. And I went to Psalms 80, a call to God for help. We need you, Lord. Isn't that relevant today? Isn't that so solemn of who God is? We need him. And I wanted to open up and let you know the first verse of Psalms 80. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadeth Joseph like a flock, thou that dwelleth between the cherubims, shine forth. Verse two, before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manassas, stir up thy strength and come and save us. Three, turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Let me say that one more time. Verse three, turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Now, let me pause on that one because I want to go back to verse one. And it says, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadeth Joseph like a flock. Do you understand that the verse has particular meaning to how Israel really wants God to establish himself again with them for his assistance? Not just for his assistance, but we knew, they knew that he was the life more abundantly. Let me say that one more time. He was the life they needed more abundantly. And for us today, it is more attentive, more listening, more posture. And that's position yourself, as we have known, to be able to either kneeling or either giving our whole entire being over to God. 
for his people to get his attention. And it was like, you know, give ear, Lord, listen, please give us your undivided attention right now. I understand you have so many things that you have to do, but God, if you can just bless me one time to be able to hear from you, just to give you a listening ear, God, I'm calling on you. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I'm shabaking you right now in the midst of everything that's going on in the United States and around the world globally. I am leaning and depending on you. So I'm asking you, shepherd of Israel, it is imperative to understand God was leading Israel way before we even knew the United States. He was leading them. And now he has been able to establish his government, his promises, his declarations with the United States. And we need to go back to him. Amen. And it says also the location of God. It was also talking about the location of God. Thou that dwelleth between the cherubims shineth forth. And I went to 1 Samuel 4 and 4. And it was saying, and it states, So the people sent to Shiloh that might bring from hence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims and the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phineas were there with the Ark of the Covenant. And number five, and when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth rang again. Do you understand that the very presence of what God was, who God was and still is, had to illuminate, had to resonate, had to give volumes, magnitudes, Oh my goodness, magnitudes of who he was because the people gave him his reverence, his due, his due diligence, his honor, his glory. During those times, the earth shook because they knew who God was. He was the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He was Rapha. He was Elohim. He was the God above all gods. And we serve that mighty God today. And if you can't give him the praise that's due, the rocks will cry out for you. If you cannot give him the praise that is due, come on now. The animals recognize who God is. And we as them should be able to give him his just due. No matter what goes on in our lives, we should give him his just due because he is more than enough. I'm going to say this one more time for the people in the back. We need him. He doesn't need us. We need him. He has been the creator, the chief physician, the one, the source, the water we needed. Oh, I'm going to say it like this. The volume, the magnitude, the excellence of who God is does not compare. It doesn't, because Moses even said, I cannot, paraphrasing, I cannot be able, as God has told him, I cannot show him his face. Your, you know, God can show his face to Moses because of how powerful he was. But he was able to stick him 
paraphrasing now, in a part of a rock where he can be able, in a mountain, I say rock, it's a mountain, and be able to let him see the back of him. That is why we have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. We have a lot of those things because God gives us elements, pieces of him. We could not be able to fathom all that God knows and, and sees and how he, his elements, his essence, his wonderfulness. Oh, y'all just see, that's the thing is that when you're in God's presence, there is glory. There is there is so much ability to know who he is and yet to be able to understand everything. You cannot. But to let him know you love on him, you thank him for being able to be God and created you at this time in this season, in this point in time, you don't understand. Hmm. God gets up. He has the morning, has one has the sun and then the morning and then one has the night and the day. He, he, he separates them two. And then he sits there in his significant and he paints the sky. It is so many times where you see the different clouds and you see the different elements and you see the hand of God in every each and every one of them. You see the rivers, some rivers are being able to, one can be split and twine and one can be blue and one can be pink in the ocean, but they touch, but never mingle. Come on now. I don't know about nobody else. God, I thank you for being in the room. You, you see the magnificence of how he takes care of the birds. Why do you think, and the flowers, why do you think you're not so significant to God? Let me say this for the people in the back. You are. He knows the hairs are on your head. He knows when you were born because he used to play with you while you were in your mother's womb. Wait a minute, pastor. You say, wait a minute. In Jeremiah, he said, I knew you. I knew you when you were formed in your mother's womb. Don't you know that's when he placed his purpose, his understanding, his, his so tight commitment in knowing who you were. But yet and still, some of us want to lack it and say that, God, you put me on this earth, but yet and still I'm lacking because you left him. Oh, let me say this one more time for the people in the back. See, some of us don't want to acknowledge who God is and then give over to everything that he has for us. Oh, you have those speeches and from the Hollywood point of view, well, I'm giving honor to God. You know, and some of them testify, I'm giving and praise and honor to God in church, but yet instead their hearts are far from him. Oh, come on now. Let's have church. Since you want to sit here and say that our government doesn't need him. Since the United States of America president doesn't need him. See, so many people that are sitting in the cabinets in every different ways and dignitaries and Hollywood celebrities say that they don't like him or don't need him or don't, don't want him in their lives. I'm going to say this for people in the back. Do you understand? He is the most important, essential being, holy, acceptable of God. He's the one that has you to be able to get up in the morning and you take your breath and you can open up your eyes and your faculties, your whole entire body from the top of your head and sole of your feet can move and function involuntary and voluntary. Sometimes you can command it and sometimes it's just automatic. Oh, I'm, I'm taking it there because I'm so sick and tired of people sitting there and saying we don't need God. 
And I'm talking about the God of Israel. I'm talking about Moses. I'm talking about Jacob. I'm talking about Joshua. I'm talking about Joseph. I'm talking about every one of them needs to know and understand that we have his DNA. He has been able to be with us and conscientiously, let me tell you something, and subconsciously, you know him and you know when you see him. There is nothing to deny who God is in your life. I don't care if you have not accepted him. You have not chose to be able to have him in your life. But I'm telling you right now, you can make that choice. Oh, pastor, what are you talking about? See, the best part of knowing who I am in God, essentially, because he knows my name. He, he knows me in the furthest parts of my being. He knows me subconsciously and consciously. He knows the very thoughts that everything that makes me up essential. He knows the genesis quad, that uniqueness, that grit, that mayhem, that condescending time when I was out there in the world. He knew that too. See, he knows the lioness, but he also knows the person that's sitting here and ready for battle. Oh, come on now. God knows you because he formed you and you say you don't need his help. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Do you understand the significance of the destruction of the government to our universities, to our schools, to our children and the safety of them? But yet and still you want to blame God. But then at the same time, you left God. God was right there and you left him. But yet and still you want to blame him. Let's go ahead and let's tell it like it is. The enemy doesn't want you to know. Look, you let him go. You let God go. But yet and still, you took on another love. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. You took on someone that is so incorruptible and so selfish and so lacking in who he is that he will sit there and put you to death and don't care. He will sit there and say, you know what? This person is going to do my bidding. But yet and still, when the time has run out, they will taste death and they will make sure that it's eternal. God never does that. Oh, let me tell you something. When you choose, and it says in Joshua, I choose ye this day whom you will serve. Whether it be God or man, you need to choose. But when you sit there, and you honestly have a conversation with God. I have seen so many testimonies and personally my own. When he comes in and you honestly have a conversation and say, God, have you forsaken me? God, where are you? Can you get me out? And he gets me out. But also at the same time, there are consequences to my actions. Oh, let me say this one more time. The consequences, the things that you have opened up into your house witchcraft, voodoo, hoodoo, whatever you've been into, any sexual immorality, anything that you've been sitting up here and doing and God told you not to. Oh, come on now. All the lustfulness, all the things that you don't want to sit there and acknowledge that God, he brought me out of that. God, he took care of me when I was in that and he gave me the mindset to get out of it. Whether it's lying, uh, committing adultery, anything that is not of God. Laziness, slowfulness. Do you understand that God is sincerely trying to make sure that you reach him? But because of the choices he's given us as human beings, he's given us that choice 
to serve him or to serve the enemy. See, all y'all don't understand. When you have already made that covenant with God, and as Israel has made that covenant with God, he did not leave them nor forsake them, but he did give judgment to them, and it was righteous. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Y'all think that God is some kind of genie that you can rub on a bottle and he can do whatever. He's not put in a box. God is so infinite. Do you understand? And you can see it. At nighttime, do you understand? You can go and see so many stars and that's his, his handiwork. He, you can see so many galaxies and cosmoses and black holes and so many asteroids and so many mercuries and so many different things that's being dead and also brought to life. That is him. Do you understand that you see so many waves coming into Hawaii while you're seeing tsunamis and everything and earthquakes also in Japan? Oh, come on now, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. He has been the main one to have all of those things functioning. But yet and still, yet and still, he wanted to make sure the earth was inhabited with someone he calls a friend. Someone he said he wanted to sit there. He said, you know what? Let us make man. He sat there and said to conversation after conversation. Do you understand how significant God is in your life? If you have not, you need to sit down and analyze yourself. Analyze who God is in your life. Analyze how important and significant and self-centeredness have you become. Oh, come on now. See, we want to sit here. We have all this technology, but yet and still, it wants to not to recognize who God is. See, sometimes they want to sit here and I've seen it and I've witnessed it. Even the very computers that they give up and they want the AI, the intelligence, the artificial intelligence and these things, they would ask them questions like, why is the world so uh, corrupting all this stuff? And it was, and it simply replied, man, come on now. And how can we get rid of it? By killing man. Oh, come on now. Don't you know they disconnected that AI or have they? See, those are the things that we need to understand and know that we need God. See, the further we get out and we sit there and we make ourselves God, instead of going back to the true love, the first love that loved you when beginning to the end, the first love that even when you take your last breath, he is there. And it says it in the word, if you, if I'm on the earth, God, you're there. If I am in heaven, you are there. Even if I'm in hell, you are there. Y'all, I don't understand. It becomes so content that we have went and shift so much off course to who God is in our lives. We have placed money, fame, fortune, cars, food, even people, children, uh, finances, everything that we possess, but yet and still, yet and still, even the ones that have all of that, they don't even have a sound mind because they're serving the wrong God. The consequences are dire, United States.
Consequences are dire, South Korea. Consequences are dire, everyone around the world. It is dire because you know the simplest things that God is starting to bring up, even in music, even in gospel music. Let me say this for the people in the back. Gospel music, some of this gospel music is not of God. They have been able to sell out, sell it out, all of this stuff, these tickets, these, these recordings, this music, but they're not even sold out in whom God is in their lives. They have no substance. They have no essence. They go and they make these videos and movies and tapes and they go and they do all of this, but they have no substance, no real purpose, no intimacy with God. See, there's a thing that you have to start as a relationship. I've learned as a couple, when you first get married or before you even get married, you're having a dating process where you're sitting there and you're talking to this person and you're talking to this person, sometimes not even, sometimes six or seven hours a day straight because you want to know that person. That person is so enthralled with you and you're enthralled with them. And it's like, that's your first love. That's the person you want to stay with and be with. And then when you start getting out into a different environment, you start going after another love. But the first love remained where you kept that person, where you left them. That's how God is. He is a perfect gentleman. He never sat there and said, I'm going to do this or do that. He he's honestly just sat there and said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to wait on them and give you warning after warning of what's going to happen because you stepped out on him. Mm, come on now. I'm telling you, y'all think that it is not easy or hard because God, God feels and he sees that's the hardest thing for God to see people going into churches and tainting his word and tainting his people and then having the people to have church hurt, but that's associated with him. So they'll never sit there and want to have a relationship with God and never want to go back to church. And then there's another generation that's lost. Let me say that one for one more time for the people in the back. Do you know I've been church hurt so many times, but that does not contend with the way that I have a relationship with God. Let me say that one more time too. See, the relationship I have with God is intimate so much so that when I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you, he can be sitting here and whispering in my ear, beloved, I love you. My child, I love you. I thank God for him. Do you understand the significance of knowing who God is? You know his voice and you don't heart your heart. You know when your shepherd calls you and he tells you, well, I need you to read this and I need you to read that and I need you to go here and I need you to step here. It's for his glory and for you to understand that gathering information sometimes is so significant to who you are and your location and your assignment that God sits there and tells you to be quiet and listen. United States, have you been talking to God? Oh, come on now. Have you noticed we need God more than ever? And it does say, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. Hear, now listen, hear attentively to heaven and heal their land. All the United States, repent, soul, repent. Whatever we've been doing, God, I'm asking you to repent. Asking the people to repent. Asking the nation to repent. Asking us to be able to do what you say, do repent. Go back to him and repent. Get out of that bed of lust and get off that smoking and get off the drinking and go in and seeing and fornicating and adultery. Get off and repent. If you backbiting, cussing, whatever you're supposed to be not doing in God, repent. Repent. If you sitting up here gang banging, slinging stuff, repent. If you sitting up here not telling a lie, telling lies and and not and bearing false witness against your brother or your sister, repent. If you got things going on, mental issues and everything else, and you haven't even told God about those things, repent. Saints of the Most High, y'all think that God has not sat there and changed. He hasn't. But y'all want to sit here and say, well, God has changed. No, he hasn't. He has absolutely not changed. But the narrative of our lives have changed. The voices in our head has changed and told us these things. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Do you understand? The enemy wants you to come in and infiltrate your life. And he wants to sit there and have precedence over God. Not so. Not now. Not ever in this house. You need to be saying the same thing. I want to be like Joshua, that when God sits there and calls me to the forefront, I need to be ready. And even when I see difficulties, I'm going to say this one more time because I keep hearing this from the people in the back. Y'all want to sit up here and glorify the mess that's going on. But yet and still, you want to glorify the problem, the mess that's going on, and not glorifying the one that's in heaven. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Stop sitting up here and glorifying the mess. But start sitting up here and glorifying God because he's the one that's going to create and make sure that the problem goes away. He's going to move things out of your way just to shift what's going on. I'm going to say that one more time. See, God is the omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipresent. He's the one that can be able to move mountains and let you do it by your faith in him. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me say one more time. See, some of us don't want to have that working faith. You want to be like Doubting Thomas. And I'm sorry, but this time in this season, you cannot be like Doubting Thomas. You cannot sit here and say, well, I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. Do you understand? He said, blessed are those that believe and haven't seen me yet. Y'all want to sit here and say, God hasn't done anything for me this year. God hasn't done anything for me and my family. Something wrong with you. You better have several seats. God has been appointing you, anointing you, has helped you get where you need to go. He's giving you the finance, the car, everything that you have, the education you have. But yet and still, you want to deny him of everything. I'm talking about the people that are in church and out of church. There is no significance between the two. It's either you're holy are not holy. You need to understand. Holiness. Kingdom minded people. 
We have a different mindset than what's out in the world. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Stop sitting here and saying that God cannot do. God says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's Philippians 4 and 13. I've lived by that so many years. 46, a matter of fact. When is the saints of the most high going to get off your high horse? Stop sitting up here and taking God's money and doing whatever you want to do with it. Stop sitting up here and preaching sermons and you sitting up here profiting off the people of God while they're lacking. Let me say that one more time. We need God in the United States. We need God around the world. Do you understand that? See, there's a thing that so many people think we don't need him. Yes, we do. We need him each and every day from morning to the night and then keep going continuously. We need him 365 days, seven days a week. And as many times as I need to call on him, I would honestly have to call on him and say, Lord, I need you. Father, I need you. But y'all want to sit up here. And be so disrespectful the way you talk about God and you sit up here and say Jesus in profanity and in language and Lord and all this other stuff. But yet it's still, yet it's still, you want him to bless you. Let me tell you, United States and also around the world, look, y'all think you're going to get the benefits by slapping him in the face. Not so, not so. But yet it's still, we are here. By his grace and his mercy. I'm going to say that one more time. See y'all going to sit. I'm going to say this too. Because God keeps telling me about this one. And I keep on hearing it. So I'm going to say it like this. We are on grace and mercy. People of God. And even some of the people that are not of God. We are of grace and mercy. Do you understand that? Grace. Unmerited favor. Mercy. Is to be able to have the, just all of the things that we used to do be covered underneath the blood of Jesus. But you want to sit up here and taint that and keep doing what you're doing and saying, oh, I'll go on Sunday to repent. Oh, come on now. Something is wrong with you. You need to fix your face. Understand that your consciousness and your subconsciousness is not going to derive for that. Let me say this one more time. Let me go a little bit deeper. See, the things that you do, it has consequences. God is not going to let you ride out all the time. Ooh, come on. I'm going to say it like this. God is going to sit there and have an ending point. He's going to turn you over to a reprobated mind. It says it in the word of God. And your conscience will be seared like a hot iron. That means you wouldn't even care what you were doing. You wouldn't even know what's going on, what's right or what's wrong. And it's going out like this right now. So I'm going to say it like this. You see so many people going and killing people. Going and stealing from people. Going and even women that were just out walking their dogs or or sitting up there and walking their child and they'll go ahead and try to be able to steal from them or do viciousness to them do you understand the innocence of god's people the innocence of a child not being born but having an abortion oh come on now let me tell you something when you sit up there, that's innocent blood. God never wanted us to shed. 
But y'all want to sit up here and think God is listening, not listening, or not seeing, or not hearing? Absolutely not. The, the, the sincerity, the gall you have, the understanding that you think, you see the lawlessness going out of style. Do you understand? People are raping, pillaging, and stealing at a rapid pace. And that, for me, it tells me the signs of the times. It tells me rumors of wars. It tells me who God is trying to tell you to do is wake up and repent. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, y'all thinking that God hasn't been able to sit there and say these things were going to come to pass. It's been in Mark. It's been in John. It's been in so many different scriptures. But y'all want to sit up here and say, wait a minute. This is not of God. This is No, you're going to sit there. Read your word. That's, that's three words. Read the word. That means the word of God. Stop sitting up here and going to seances and stop sitting up here and going to people that's going to give you reading palms and everything else. But God is the main source and reason for everything you have. Stop sitting up here and going and trying to cut through things and saying, let me go into the enemy's camp like Saul did and have a sorceress to sit there and summon excuse me, to summon Samuel, the prophet. And do you understand what cost him? No, y'all read y'all word on that one. Saul lost his life. Jonathan lost his life. Everyone that was connected to Saul, except for Jonathan's son, lost their lives. Because you were playing in something that you should not be playing in. Oh, it's like the sandbox. Let me, let me, I'm going to say this one more time. See, some of y'all think God is playing here. It's like the sandbox theory. And I, this is my theory, okay? I'm going to make my opinion on it. So you you go ahead and you, you form your own. See, when God made the sandbox, that was the world. He made it. It was perfect. Right amount of sand, right amount of playing toys like the bucket and the shovel and everything else that was in it. And there was nothing going on in it. So when he gave it to Adam, let me say this one more time. Little bitty Adam, he was just perfect understanding and com comparing and contrasting and making sure and opinionated and was walking with God daily. So then God had also, you know, he let him in charge of the sandbox so he can bring in his little toys, his animal toys, and he was able to name them and everything else. But lo and behold, Adam saw None of the animals was like him. And he was feeling kind of lonely. So God said, okay, you know what? I'm going to put him to sleep. This is in Genesis. Read your Bible. Go look it up. I'm giving you the short version of it. Amen. And he put him in a deep sleep and he took from Adam his rib and formed Eve, little girl Eve. Okay. So they were, you know, playing in the sandbox as usual, having a good time, you know, enjoying God's source, excuse me, and enjoying God's scenery, enjoying what God has given them. And the enemy, let me say this one more time for the people in the back, because I was looking at this. The enemy comes in as a snake. See, that's the thing. He had to persuade the snake 
in order for him to get into the garden. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Come on now. He had to persuade the snake in order for him to get in the sandbox. And when Eve went and ate of the fruit, because he had to persuade her too, and she ate it and then Adam ate it, they were exposed. They knew they were naked. They knew that the sandbox was not just, you know, a big old huge sandbox, but, you know, had different, you know, things in it that they didn't even know existed before. Come on now. See, I understand how it must have made God feel when he went in the cool of the day to go find Adam and Eve. And when he saw that the sandbox was tainted because of what they did, it must have hurt his heart. How do you say that, Pastor? Because it hurts my heart when my children do things wrong and I told them not to. It hurts my heart when my children lie to me as Adam and Eve did to God. And I say the sandbox because you remember when you were little and sandboxes were just the awesomeness that you can go and create anything that you would like, not have to worry about anything, slide into a slide and come out in the sandbox or having sand around you. Makes a soft cushion for your bum, huh? But later on, you start finding out that people start tainting the sandbox. Now, oh, come on now. Let me tell you like it is. It's starting to have sin in it. And you're starting to have ringworms in your head or on your skin. And the evidence is so, you know, we're trying to find, you know, cures for those ringworms, for those sins. But because people kept going back into that sandbox, my opinion, okay, that that's how we got the first murder. That's how we got so many people lying, conniving, stealing, doing everything. The Bible is messy, just like the sandbox, huh? But the biggest thing is that God made sure before the earth was formed, before all of this started happening, he made sure he knew he had a savior for us that will come in and we would be able to put a step on the enemy and bruise his head. Now, a lot of people would honestly sit there and say, Pastor, why do you call it a sandbox? I say a sandbox. God calls it our, our, our earth, our world, our, our way of existence. I say a sandbox because you have so many different people now in the world but he hasn't changed. You have so many different locations in the world, but he's been to all and know every one of us significantly. Different languages, different cultures, but he's still God. And it's sad that when I say God, I have to say it so many times, the God of Israel, because so many people have made so many other things their gods and not made him the true and one and living God. What are you trying to say, pastor? I'm telling you, it has become so dangerous now that I can't even walk out of my house without giving God the praise, honor, and the glory and praying for his protection. I wouldn't dare wanna sit there and open up my eyes 
and so many people are doing it go to your phone look at your phone before you even talk to god let me say that one more time for the people in the back we put so much in front of ourselves and not giving god time prayer meditation fasting uh giving him his time even if you woke up late and you take the kids to school on your way back give god time I know that, you know, as a busy mom and trying to do my homework and trying to be a college student and everything else and, you know, CEO of my own home, sometimes my home is disarray. I'm not going to sit here a lot. It's not perfect. But you know what? What is? Is the relationship I have with God is more and more a mess some days. But you know what? At least I'm working on it. Can I say that about you? Can I say that you're working on it, man or woman of God? And to the ones that do not know God, he works on you daily. He talks to you daily. He gives you words and he helps you throughout everything. But you don't want to look at the significance of who God is. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. There are so many people coming up in the next generation and generations to come that are acknowledging God and sincerely worshiping God and giving God the praise and the honor and the glory through their bodies and through their hearts and their singing and their music. But I'm telling you, are you doing the same thing? Is it true, saints of the Most High? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot sing a lick, but when I do it to God, hmm, He's like, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye saints, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye not that he is Lord. And it's he that have made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and with his courts with praise. Ooh. That's his Psalms. So I'm going to give God the praise and the honor and the glory he's due. Because he is so good. And I mean, sometimes I would go back to the old, like Mahalia Jackson times. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I looked that up, okay? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm that seasoned. And just sometimes I would listen to the old tapes of, you know, um, I would listen to Fred Hammond and just having different people that I used to be able to listen to when I was growing up. Even the Winans and BB and CC, even um some just some of the people that I used to listen to because they got it, they understood, they understood who God is, and they never left Him like that. See, I understand that they may have left Him in certain parts of their lives, but the music always they always has the reverence God. You know why? Because he gave them that instrument and he said without repentance. So they wanted to give it to him. Oh, come on now. Y'all want to make choices. Choices about college. Choices about what you're going to wear. You know, hairstyles or what have you. Um, even what, you know, color shoes and, you know, clothing. But you haven't made the right important choice. Do you need God? And if so, all you have to do is repent and ask him into your heart. 
Don't sit there and compromise with the enemy and stop playing patty cake with the enemy and saying, well, you know, God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows it's wicked. It says in the word, who would know the heart of man but God? Don't compromise how to be able to feed your family, how to be able to support yourself when God is the forefront of everything. I can say that because I was homeless at one point in time. I totally depended on God for all my needs because I've learned man can go away. Man in its so fragile state of mind, even the friends and the family that we had, we had to depend on the one true God because he was the only one that was getting us out of the situations we had to be put into, placed into, to know who he is. And learning that material things isn't about what we have, but also knowing who God is as the source of everything I had. Let me say that one more time. See, some of us want to sit here and say, Pastor, how could you, you know, how could, you know, you can lose all, I lost it all. But you know what? What I lost in my losing season, who come on now. I gained twice as much in my winning season three times as much, 10 times as much, because God was able to come back and let me be like Job. Let me know to lose it all, to, to gain everything here in this world is nothing. But to lose it and gain God in my life to be the forefront and the center of my joy and the understanding that I would take it down to my generations and generations to, uh, to come, that is priceless. To go with my children and to talk to them and know who God is, is priceless. I'm asking you, please forgive me, God, because sometimes I feel as though, and I say this, my feelings and my emotions would try to run me. But you know what? I had to ask for forgiveness and God forgives. But you also know is that the enemy will sit there and let you get into your feelings and your emotions and you miss the whole entire thing. You're missing the anointing. You're missing the power. You're missing the resurrection. You're missing all of those things of coming back into God and sustaining yourself in him. You miss out. Then you wonder why. You're not getting blessed. Then you wonder why you're going through this and that. Then you wonder why. You wonder why God isn't hearing you because you have lost him. You have left him. You have said, you know what? I am done, God. I don't want to be with you anymore. Let me go over here. Let me go taste this. Let me go do that. But God is sitting there and telling you, I still love you. No matter what you've done, I still want to be with you. I still want to take care of you. And I still want to love on you. You are significant to me. And people don't want to hear this, but hell was not significantly designed for us. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Hell was designed for Satan and the demons, the fallen angels that were with him. But because of God's judgment, and it's righteous, it's upholding, it's significant. We can be able to partake in that judgment because we're not doing what he say do. Marinating that one for a minute.
You can go to church all your life. You can, you know, tell God everything that's going on. You can, you know, you can do all of that and still miss the mark. Because of the religious osities, because you want to sit here and please man and you want to please all of these people, but you're not doing it in God's favor. You're not sitting up here and being humbled and you're not sitting up here and telling God what's going on. You're not sitting up here and doing it the way that God instructed you to do. You're not. You're not. But you'll sit here. And reason out everything and sit there and try to explain it away of what you're doing. What are you doing? Making excuses. All I'm going to say is like this, people of God, and the ones that are not of God, listen. Do you understand? God is telling you time is so short. Time is significantly shortening. So that the men and women of God will be able to be saved. I can tell you that the earth is mourning and groaning. And you see so many uh, earthquakes in direst places. This is in the word. You see wars and rumors of wars. You see so many people being disrespectful to their parents, children. And some of them, even some of them, I see clips of an elderly woman and these children are hitting her like they're grown. And some of them are being so disrespectful to their parents. And the parents are sitting up here and doing foul things to their children. Saints of the Most High, wake up, wake up and repent. It becomes so much so that even down to the fourth verse, O Lord, God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayers of thy people? Let me say that one more time. O Lord, God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayers of the people? Verse five, thou feedest them with the bread of tears. Oh, come on now. And gives them tears to drink in great measure. Verse 6. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Verse 6. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors. The ones we're supposed to be supporting. And our enemies laugh among themselves. Don't you know? The United States is at its weakest point right now, my opinion. Our borders are down. Chaos is everywhere. Violence has risen triple times, sometimes even 10 times more in certain areas. And it becomes elusive of the lawlessness that's in our country. Chaos, calamity, and people are mocking us. The ones that don't like us. And our neighbors, the ones that we're supposed to have the close association with, it has become very difficult to keep relations. Oh, pastor. No, it's in the word. And you see that now. So don't be surprised and shocked. Verse seven, turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Let me say that one more time. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Verse 8. 
Thou have brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Let me say that one more time. Thou have brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Verse 9. Thou prepareth room before it and didst cause it to take deep root and it filled the land. Verse 6. The hills were covered with the shadow of it and the bulls, therefore, were like the God goodly cedars. Verse 11. She sits out her balls unto the sea and her branches unto the river. Verse 12, why hasn't thou then broken down her hedges so that all that which pass by the way do pluck of her? Because we lost God, we're being exposed. Because we're doing things, sinful things. This is why. We are exposed and we are being laughed at, taunted, talked about, and ridiculed. Come on. Mm. The economy is going down. Things are missing. And the value, oh, the value of homes has skyrocketed and uh, prices of gases have become ridiculous. And things are starting to become so chaotic. But, 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 but. I love how God preserves the saints, the kingdom minded ones. God has made us wise in wisdom and through warnings and through so many instructions, God has been able to preserve us. But oh, you United States, oh, you South Korea and everyone else around the world, isn't it about time you go back home? Isn't it about time you admit you need God? Isn't it a time, 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 tick, tick, tick? Hmm. Isn't it time for us to admit we need God back in our schools, in our homes, and also in our government, back to where we first came to be? Hmm. My God, the very pendulum of everything that is sweeping, the balance balance. Pastor, are you talking about the justice system? I'm talking about God's system. God is fully, he is fully just and the balance is weighing on us right now. And we have been tried and weighed. What do you mean, pastor? We need to get into a posture, a moment of prayer and asking God to forgive us of all the things that have gone on, all the soul ties, all the um, generational curses, all the things that are, and denounce them immediately. This is why some of the times you see so many people, you know, committing suicide in your life and so many people in your family are being alcoholics or being able to have sexual mismunity and all this stuff. All of these things coming up, promiscuity, excuse me. These things come up because we haven't renounced anything. We haven't gone and talked to God about those things. We haven't sat there and said, God, open me up and give me surgery spiritually and let me see what's going on with me. Why well, I need to take some things out of me. 
my mindset, my heart posture, everything that's in me, take it out, God, because I don't want it if it's not a part of you. It says it in the word. You love what God loves and you hate what God hates. You love the person, but you hate what they're doing. Let me say that one more time. You love the person because God loves them, but you hate, you dislike, you disagree with what they're doing. Does that mean that you don't sit there and you don't sit there and talk to them? Yes, you do. How do you think Jesus went out and he was amongst the Pharisees? He was amongst the prostitutes. He was amongst the ones that were cast out and not even thought about. He came and he still took them back in, but he didn't pick up what they were doing. He made sure that he was the change that they needed. The way that they can start the time, tick, tick, tick over again. He was the one that was illuminating and setting apart everything, showing them their sin, but at the same exact time, pointing them for a way out. Oh, what are you talking about, Pastor? When he was at the well and the woman came up and he was telling her, can you please give me paraphrasing a glass of water? He said, she said, why would you even have anything to do with me? I'm a Sumerian. You are a Jew. But he was asking for a drink of water because he's been on these travel for so long. But he was honestly telling the woman that if I show you, if I give you the water, come on now, paraphrasing, that will never run dry, that would always quench your thirst, you would see it. And he went on and and explained how she was sleeping with this person and this wasn't her husband and you know all of these things he said that but he also told her a way out and don't you know because he showed that mercy that kindness that love even when she was out there god said i will go and i will let go not let go but he would go after the one and forsake the 99. I'm that one. And just like that woman, God sits there. He tells me my sins and he tells me what I used to do. And he comes in because I ask for forgiveness. He comes in and he cleans me up. And I'm able to sit here and tell you today that Jesus is the only main one in my life. Him and his son and God and Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost that's preserving me on today. Make that choice. And you still think we don't need God. Mm -mm -mm. They have all these different morals and understanding that's coming up, but it's not biblical and it's not what God wants. And you see the chaos coming from it. You see the horror of what it is being able to taint the people, even young children. Don't you know, God declared already, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. He hasn't done the Adam and Adam, Eve and Eve. He did Adam and Eve. And I will say this, the choices you make in life, they have consequences. Whatever lifestyle you chose, 
they have consequences. And those, they're going to come up. They're going to be revealed. And some of them are not going to be some things you want in your life. And some people will sit here and say, well, pastor, you know, this is, you know, God never said, yes, he did. He said it in his word. He said it in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He also said it in the New Testament. What do you mean, pastor? I'm going to say it like this. God's word never changed, and I'm not about to change. He hasn't changed, and I'm not. And I'm going to declare it. I'm going to do what God says, do with my due diligence. I'm going to love that person, but not like what they're doing. Dislike what they're doing. Hate what they're doing because it leads to death. I'd rather tell you the truth and you not go to hell than for you to know that I'm telling a lie. That's putting in too much and that's not making God who's out to be. God is of truth and this is the truth. God hasn't changed. I'm not about to change. I am a prophet of God. My voice is his instrument. And he is saying that you need to come out of your sin and also repent. Repent and know God is life and life more abundantly. And I'm going to say it like this. God is of love, yes, but he's a God of wrath too. He knows when you've done wrong and he will repay you for that. In this season, as you can see, it is time to reap what you have sown. And so many people want to sit here and say, oh, you judging, pastor, you judging. No, if it quacks like a duck and it acts like a duck and it has the countenance and the characteristics of a duck, it is a duck. It hasn't changed and God's word hasn't changed. So I don't care what you think, but guess what? God sits there and he tells me, tell the truth. Shame the devil. Shame the situation. Let the people wake up and know and acknowledge what they have done. See, that's the thing in this society. We don't want to hold people accountable for what their actions were or are. We want to sit there and, you know, cause so much hurt or pass this person. You know, they have the cause or they're, they're the situation I'm in making excuses. This is not what God is trying to tell the people now. We need to be responsible. We need to sit there and honestly tell God, this is what I did. I'm sorry, God, and be sincere in your apology. Do you understand the significance of saying, not just saying you're sorry, but being slowful, being so sincere with your apology? Lord, please forgive me of my actions, God. Do you understand that when David, when he sat there and committed adultery with Bathsheba, and Nathan the prophet came and told him in a parable and he said sincerely, he said, well, then I'll kill that man because he took that one sheep the man had and he had so many sheep. And he said, King, it's you. 
Don't you know he was sorry? Godly sorrow, that's the word. He sincerely asked God for forgiveness. And even though he had taken his first child from Bathsheba, don't you know that was the price he had to pay for his situation, his consequences and his actions? Oh my God, what do we have to pay? Well, it says it in his word that if you choose to go with man, man is death. Satan is death. They, he has so many delusions of people of grandeur. Well, we want to be this celebrity or this celebrity, but they're serving the enemy and they're sitting up there and they're telling you to your face. That you're, you know, having scenarios of being in hell and all these different things going on. And people are listening and taking heed while others are just neglecting everything that person just said. I'm telling you, not just as a pastor, but as a person that is concerned about your heavenly, heavenly soul. Well, what do you mean, pastor? I mean your soul, because either it's going two different ways. It's going one way or the other. Your eternal soul is what I mean. See, we're made up of body, mind, and soul. Body, mind, and spirit, and soul. And we don't want to recognize that this soul has to have spent eternity somewhere. Don't let the atheists fool you. Don't let Muhammad, Buddha, what have you, whatever, excuse me, doctrine, other doctrine, sit there and tell you otherwise. You have to spend your eternity somewhere. Marinate in that. God is coming forth and calling and asking. And we as a nation whether it's the United States or South Korea or anywhere around the world, wherever his remnant is, the people of God is. And to the ones that are not of God, I'm asking you to open up your hearts and your minds to listen, not just listen, but take heed. Not just having itching ears as in the word that says that they're just going to go after what they please to hear. But this is something that we need to put out now. We need to put out the truth and it needs to be robust and in reality. This is the reality. Sin is death. God is eternal life. Stop what you're doing. Turn your life over to God and repent and have Jesus to come in to your heart and your mind right now and ask him godly sorrow. Please, Lord, please forgive me of my sins, Lord. I ask you to come into my life. Clean me up from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. God, I don't know everything. I'm still learning this journey that you have me on, but I'm asking you, God, to come in and clean me up. From the inside out, let me be a holy vessel, anointed and covered of you. And let me be able to see what I need to see. Lord, take off the blindness of my eyes, God. Let me see the spiritual as well as the natural, God. 
Let me be able to see the warrings and the tearings that's going on within me to do what God says do. Myself doesn't want to do this as in Romans with Paul, but sometimes I war against myself because the enemy can be yourself. You're born into sin. And that is how it is. But I'm asking you, God, to come in. And, and do the impossible for me right now in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you to clean me up. I'm asking you to help fortify me, to help nourish me, help to understand whatever's going on with me, to stop me putting down these things and letting you to come in my life and be the center of everything I have. Right now in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you. Let your son come in and clean me up and heal me. Let the Holy Spirit come in and teach me the right and wrong. And let me keep hearing your voice. Hallelujah. Let me keep hearing your righteous voice. Because you said that the, that the sheep know my voice and hearken unto my heart. They know me. And no other stranger will he go to them. Your little shed it, 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 it. I'm asking you, God, to come in and clean me up from the crown of my head and sole of my feet. Renew my mind and my heart. Is it going to be easy? No. Because the enemy wants you to be able to come back into his camp. But since you have already declared, just as Israel did, that you have God, the one true God with you, you have to make the noise. You have to let the earth know that you are there. And don't you know, angels, ten thousand, so much of heaven rejoices when you come back to God. They are so happy to see you. And they rejoice with you. And they keep you understanding and knowing who God is. And they help you. Because God calls and commands them to do so. Saints of the Most High, my posture is never going to change. Because I want to make sure that I'm staying in God. My humility, my grit. I've done so many different things that will humble me. That has humbled me. Because I know what it is to be out there and to then come back into God's fold. I know. Come running. Come willing, go into your homes, even in the car, even on the job, wherever you're feeling distressed and hurt and everything, let God come in and do the impossible for you. Let him clean you up. Let him be able to anoint you and appoint you. Let him be able to put you on the assignment that is called for you to do. No matter what, he's calling you to come out. Don't you hear him calling? Let him come into your life. And if you said, he said, if, if the door he knocks, you're knocking and he will command you to come in and sit with him. There is something about in God's grace and mercy that no one, his whole entire presence is awe and joy and love and peace. And his presence is the fullness of everything that we have accomplished on this earth. Cannot compare his grace, his mercy, just to be in his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
for coming into the room today, for just anointing and appointing, just to be able to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant in the end. Oh, thank you, Lord. Saints of the Most High, we win. We win. Why won't you have God to be a part of everything you need in this time, in this hour? Why won't you give God a chance? You have tried everything. Try Jesus. He's the best thing that money can buy. The peace that passes all understanding, that's him. Everything that we have is through him and through him alone. Try him. Now, if you liked all that you've heard today, please give us a five-star rating. And it's been my pleasure to be your host on today. Know that God is truly able. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that he was risen from the dead with the confession, the mouth is made and with everything that you have, paraphrasing, confession with the mouth and the heart that God is still here. His son came and died on the cross for us. You can be saved. Ask for forgiveness today. In your home, anywhere you're at, wherever you're listening to this at, have godly sorrow, have godly concern, sincere love and forgiveness from God. It is something that resonates in us every day that we should have forgiveness and ask for forgiveness and know that you're not above anyone else. You're not below anyone else. We are all the same. Just because Pastor Tanya is Pastor Tanya doesn't mean that Pastor Tanya had a previous things going on. I'm not here to judge you, saints of the Most High. I'm not here to judge you, the ones that do not call God their God. I'm not here to do that. But what I am doing is giving you an opportunity, and a really big opportunity to have God to come in and change your whole entire atmosphere and shift your life. But please, if anything you get out of this, it's necesito to have God be necessary in your life. So critical to have him in this time, in this hour, wherever you go, take him wherever you can go. Don't care if it's universities to different fields of study. I don't take him with you. Let you be like Dr. Livingston. You don't know who Dr. Livingston is. He's a doctor that used to go into various parts of the world, giving his life so that people, indigenous people, can go and know who God is. And... Oh my goodness, take him everywhere you go, no matter what. And he becomes the conversation piece. He becomes the light that you need. He is the main source in everything we do when we say him, God, his son, Jesus, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost in some 
kind. And sometimes we say, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, take them with you on today. I hope and I, I pray that I've introduced so many different things of why we need God. But most importantly, we need him to survive and live, not just now, but also for eternity. Thank you for listening. And if you like our podcast, please follow and subscribe. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music and Audible, Spotify and Stitcher. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star rating. This will be helpful in order for us to reach more people. And also, if you have any questions or comments, you can find me on Facebook under It Is Written by Latanya Uyola. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for so much for listening once again. And to all my faithful followers, Kanom Samida. Thank you so much. Some face a lifetime of falling tears. But he's in the darkness, he's in the cold. Just like the morning, he always shows. It may be midnight or midday. He's never early.